How's it going? Richard Hart here. You may know me from Richard Hart Official on Instagram or Richard Hart Win on Twitter or Richard Hart on YouTube. We're here today in sunny Amsterdam with Thierry, how do you say your last name? Baudet. All right, it's French. I'm scared to say French words. I'm not that good <laughs> at it. He is the founder of his own political party here in, what, I don't know the difference between Holland and Netherlands. What is the difference? Well, technically, uh, Holland is a, is a is a part, is a province okay. of the Netherlands, but it's used as a synonym. Okay. And so I should say Netherlands, technically. Yeah, well, okay. both works yeah. for me. Okay. And he's here with his blockchain advisor. Shai Lin. These names, man. Shai Din. Shai Lin. Shai Lil. Lin. Shai Lin. Yes. All right. That's your first name is Shai and your last name is Lin? No, it's even more complicated. The first name is Shai Lin. Your first name is Shai Lin. And my last name is Lim. And your last name is Lim. Shailin Lim. Love to get the All right, that's not that bad. So. It's not that bad. Thank you. Where are you from? Uh, Cambodia. Cambodia. All right. Neat. Uh, so. so we met a couple of uh, months ago, actually, oh. not so long ago. I'm, I'm the, um, I, I founded a political party ex actually in this very room five years ago. Good luck. And it, it was, uh, we have a different system from the system in America. We have a system of proportional representation in the Netherlands. Right. Uh, thank you very much. We're getting drinks here, which is wonderful. But um, this means that we have lots of small or relatively small political parties. It's relatively easy to set up a new party and to right. enter the system. But my party grew very, very rapidly. And we, we, we topped the polls only three years after we were founded. So in 2019, oh. my party turned out to be the largest party in the country. So we had significant success. <laughs> but we also discovered that the establishment, the deep state, as it were, has means to exclude one when really? one becomes a, a, th a real threat. So <laughs> how do they, well, first, how big are you, like in numbers? I don't know. Uh, we, well, when we are, were at our largest, we had uh, 15 to 20% of the electorate. Wow. That's and big. those were the Senate elections. Right, right. Um, and now we're, uh, uh, we're smaller. We're about uh, 8% because we had all kinds of internal infighting okay. and you get the demonization right. campaigns. Right. But what, what, what it really meant to me, what, really, what it really taught me all these um, adventures is that it's going to be exceedingly difficult to change the system from within. And that's when I started to become interested in blockchain and cryptocurrencies because they seem to be building a, a way to, to work yeah. around the current system yeah. and create something new yeah. as, as if it's sort of a parallel system. It's true. And that's when we, we started talking and I started following you and I started following lots of other people. And I yeah. really think that something fantastically interesting is yeah. happening globally. Well, I got to say, there's only... There's a very finite number of innovations which can truly change man's relationship with government and man's relationship with labor and man's relationship with other people. I mean, money is what everybody sacrifices all of their time for. Right. And, and really all it is is an accounting trick to try and represent goods and services because goods and services are the only things that actually matter. The money is just accounting. But somehow we live in a world that's been slightly perverted in that you know, if you look at who makes all the money, people in the financial game tend to make the most money. So Wall Street makes the most money. But what does Wall Street produce? They don't make cars. They don't make houses. They just are in the game, so to speak. And they add a lot of friction, a lot of rent seeking. Rent seeking is a fancy word for you guys watching of someone that has a position of control makes it so that you can't get around them and they just get, you know, a portion of the money. So for instance, uh, Visa and MasterCard rent seek. You cannot do retail without supporting Visa or MasterCard. 
I was on the uh, highway <clears throat> on the way here from uh, Paris, used a toll road, tried to use uh, American Express, didn't work. All right, I guess I'm gonna try the next one, Visa worked. But here I am on you know a, a vital piece of infrastructure for the nation and I'm having to play the, oh, which one of these rent-seeking companies will let me actually travel on this thing, right? So it's not good that the entire GDP of the world at retail is taxed 1% to 2% by Visa and MasterCard, slightly more by Amex, which is why many people don't take it because they charge higher fees. Um, There should be a better way. It's just accounting. It's just math. We have, you know, every currency is digital now. The only difference is who gets to print it for free. So in Bitcoin, Bitcoin miners get to print it for free. In Hex, stakers get to print it for free. And in the legacy financial markets, guys that you don't elect get to print it for free. So the the Fed in the United States is not an elected agency. You don't choose who's in it. A bunch of uh, banks decide who's in that board. And then those private bankers with private interests decide whether the interest rates are high or low. When you have artificially low interest rates, you get misinvestment and mall investment hunting for yield to try and stay alive in, in the face of inflation, where everything is more expensive every single day. So right now, we're at all-time high prices in cryptocurrency, nearly. Hex, yes. Bitcoin and Ethereum, they had their highs about six months ago. Um, cars, houses, luxury goods. Luxury goods are sold out everywhere. You know, if you go... I was invited to a special client event because I spend like a couple hundred grand a year at Louis Vuitton for a laugh. They invented me at a special event where they you know, wanted to sell me $40,000 pool stick, $100,000 pool table, $50,000 box to hold like a flask of whiskey. It's pretty funny. I bought some of this crap. Like I bought, I bought the, what did I buy? I bought an 18,000 euro color changing bag with like fiber optic lights in it. Bought like a 2,500 euro speaker. I don't know that I bought any of that other stuff. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy their $60,000 foosball table. Let me buy a home in Amsterdam. <laughs> Someone actually just offered me a home in Amsterdam for, uh, for Hex. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't like selling Hex, so I'm probably going to say no. <clears throat> but someone literally messaged me last night and said, I'll, I'll give you my 2 million euro house in uh, the Netherlands. It wasn't in Amsterdam. It was another part. You know, if you give me Hex, I'm like, eh, eh, I don't want to sell Hex, you know? Um, but it was funny. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I used to work for a, for a fintech company, and this is a real story. We once had a had a guy who wanted to buy an airplane from Brazil, oh. and he wanted to buy an airplane that was worth eight hundred thousand euros, and he wanted to pay by by credit card. I think by Mastercard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I must drop he, my drink. We wanted to set him up for five percent in uh, transaction costs. Yep. Five percent yep. <laughs> of eight hundred thousand euros. Forty thousand. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. He could have done it with a cryptocurrency, yep. with Bitcoin, mm-hmm. for just a few USD. Well, the thing the thing is, when you pay somebody with Visa or Mastercard, the retailer doesn't actually get that money. It's mm-hmm. it's they, the, the retailer can lose the money. Yep. So you can be paid it, and then you can get a charge back up to six months later, yep. and then lose the money. Yep. And so this this idea, <clears throat> you know, finality is a concept in. Uh, consensus networks and in payment networks if someone pays you in crypto it's your money mm-hmm. usually there's some fake cryptos out there yeah. but in real cryptocurrency hex Ethereum, bitcoin when someone pays you it's yours mm-hmm. and there's no take backs but in credit cards there's take backs and wire transfers there's take backs yeah. so you know so like ach has the worst take backs and then wires has the least and then credit cards 
Actually, credit cards are even worse than ACH. Well, after six months with credit card, you're good. But with ACH, apparently, you can debate it for years later. Apparently, oh, well. I'm not an expert on it, but yeah. And this uh, this time component of uh, I know that um, it takes three to five birthdays before the money actually enters the bank account of the merchant. Right. Five, uh, three to five birthdays in the weekend it doesn't work. Right. So you don't right. have to wait seven full days. Yeah. It's very archaic, of course. Well, yeah, there's a better way. I mean, cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency solves all this, except for the volatility. But if the volatility is mostly upside and the price usually goes up more than it goes down, that's just extra yield. That's just extra profit for you. Yeah. So you would never take, you would never want to take out a loan in cryptocurrency. Like you borrow Bitcoin and then you have to pay it back in Bitcoin. You get annihilated because yeah. the price of the Bitcoin goes up and then your loan in effect was a lot more expensive than you thought it'd be. Um, there's, there's certain innovations which solve even the volatility component. So now that stable coins exist, you get the instant, you know, irreversible settlement. But most stable coins actually have counterparty risk. Like they can invalidate your coins at will. So the stable coin company can just turn your coins off and be like, yeah, they don't work anymore. Some stable coins don't have that. Like DAI doesn't have that, but USDC and USDT do have that. So you have to be careful. So uh, <coughs> can I ask you a question? Sure. Uh, it's a question about uh, politics and cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. um, do you see a strategy for politics to embrace cryptocurrencies? Sure. What's the best way to go forward? Well, <clears throat> it's, there's a couple answers to it. First, a lot of politicians are for sale. Now you say, well, are they? You're like, yeah, they need money to win elections, literally. And so the people that give them that money tend to get what they want more than the people that didn't give them that money. So if you become wealthy with cryptocurrency, then you can pay lobbyists or directly fund election campaigns to either influence those that are running and will be in power or create new entrants that can become in power to, that have a similar political mindset to what you have. The problem, the problem with that is that Every dollar that you put into someone else's political campaign is a dollar you didn't put into coins, and coins tend to do very well. And so unless you already have more money than you know what to do with, it could cost you a multiple of what you thought it would in, to, to participate in these type of lobbying campaigns. There are other ways where you could just do good messaging, you know? So align yourself with the goals. Do you want America to be competitive, or do you want all this innovation to go to another country? Because if you make very harsh draconian laws in the United States, you're going to see all this fintech innovation go somewhere else, and that's going to hurt America. And do you want to hurt America? So you can do your you can do your messaging in a way you can do your messaging in a way that matches with the belief systems of the people that you're you're trying to influence. Yeah. Because really, what does cryptocurrency do? It removes middlemen. It increases efficiency. It's it's just better, right? And the only thing that it has as a downside is volatility. But as long as it's mostly to the upside. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the other way that you could do this. So one is you fund uh, campaigns directly. Two is you pay lobbyists. Three is, oh man, what was it? You can you can skip the three and go to four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate when I, this like never happens. I blame my cold. No, there's like... Uh, you can pay the lobbyists, you can fund their campaigns directly, or you can uh, you can get them to invest. So if they have a big bag of crypto, they're going to do what is in their own best interest anyway. So if they already have uh, bought into something, mm -hmm. 
then they're going to defend that. Yeah. So, it, so getting them to buy into um, cryptocurrency is in their own investment portfolio yeah. is probably actually the best of those three, yeah. because they will act yeah. in their own self-interest mm -hmm. yeah. even better than they'll act in somebody yes. else's. I, I agree with you on that as well. And <clears throat> the other party, we actually have an idea that matches the third, uh, the third thing. Would you like to explain that with the forum land? And yeah, so uh, we are considering the options to release our own social token, mm -hmm. or perhaps even cryptocurrency, our own blockchain system, mm -hmm. where those who support our party can pay each other in our party's cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so build a social network that actually connects people and that adds value to being a member of the party. And you can also, we're still thinking about this, but in theory, there should be all kinds of possibilities to acquire coins by supporting the party, by doing things for the party, by sharing messages on social media, by 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 attending demonstrations, whatever, mm -hmm. all kinds of things. So you. We're, we're thinking of a way because Forum is the largest, the single largest member party in the Netherlands. We've got 50,000 members, whereas the governing party has only 25,000 members. So we have a very significant group of people. Why is like us. how? So why do they get we to govern? To, we need to, why do they get to govern with so few members? Because well, the, the voters is a different thing than the members, of course. Okay. So so uh, a lot of people. I think this is true for every country, every democratic country, are, are rather complacent about the political process. And sure. they, they, they follow it very <coughs> shallowly and then they, they go to vote and they sort of vote for a mainstream party that is advertised in the mainstream media and then they follow this. And I'm sure you've experienced this as well, that people, f they, they, they create, a, they form a judgment on the basis of two or three slogans they've heard somewhere. Mm -hmm. and they don't actually dig into the, the reality of things. Right, they don't yeah. really follow debates. Yeah. They don't really read all the yeah. stuff that's there. So we've got a a, a very dedicated yeah. group of followers, um, and then there's the social media group of people that follow us. But it's it may not be the thing that's advertised by the mass media, and that's yeah. why we're not the largest party in terms of elections. But still, we we're looking for a way to <clears throat> to uh, weaponize is maybe too aggressive, but to 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 monetize maybe or to 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 actionize the, this this potential and then maybe yeah. even go international by it. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. of these things that are happening across the Western world, there's so many similarities between the things that are happening in France and the U.S. and all over the place. So maybe we can we, we can develop a, a political currency. Yeah, it's just hard. Like so, in business, you don't want to alienate half of your customer base. And because yes. politics divides in half, that's smart. You that's can't precisely one of the issues that <laughs> like, we're, we're thinking about. Right. You're, you're a quick thinker. Yeah, that's precisely yeah. one of the questions. Yeah. So, I but think, on the other hand, <clears throat> if if you're a farmer, let's yep. say, mm -hmm. and ten or fifteen percent of your yield from the land is distributed among the follower base, and you yep. get a certain currency yep. with euros or whatever as as a as an extra. Sure. And then you can, with that, you can go to a garage and get your car fixed, which is only. Well, there's there's precedent for these things. So I mean, I can give you a lot of examples of similar things that have existed and, and do work to some degree. Really? Frequent flyer miles as an affinity program for airlines. Yes. It seems to be successful. Of course, yeah, air miles. Yeah. yeah, and karma on Reddit and other social media sites where you get upvotes and downvotes. 
you can't really spend it, but because people care about our identities, we have ego, you know, that tends to modify people's behavior to be more in line with what the community wants because yeah. then you get more upvotes, less downvotes, you get more points. So social credit scores, karma, um, frequent flyer miles, infinity program, affinity programs in general, they are successful. Mm -hmm. Trying to attach a, an economic component, it is a little bit harder because it depends on where the negative externality is. Where's yeah. the inflation? Who's minting it? At what rate? Yeah. And does the rate at which you honor exactly. new users exceed that inflation? And then if it ever dips, then it's hard. Like, you know, so <clears throat> I, would, I would start with the easy stuff first. Blockchain is hard. Uh, affinity program is easy. I would start there. And then if that's successful, then you could transition into adding more stuff to it. But there'd be no reason to delay what could be a successful project with, you know, karma, right? Like points for doing the right yeah, stuff karma. for your program. Because yeah. you could just do that very easily, you know. So uh, right now we're <coughs> building an application called Forumland. Mm -hmm. It's like a social media application where people mm -hmm. can, uh, can, can they, they can join join the app and then they can uh, create posts, they can chat with each other, they can uh, uh, create events and crowdfund each other. And I think that this is a very nice way to eventually draw people into the crypto space. Because if people once, uh, if they once have a, have an app uh, that they like 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 to use, yep. then we later on we add an extra functionality so mm -hmm. that everyone who has the app receives a wallet, mm -hmm. and within this wallet they can hold this forum token mm -hmm. and they can also hold uh, other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, has mm -hmm. and many other other mm -hmm. different ones. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think this is this is a very nice and non-violent way of drawing people into the world, and once they are drawn into the yep. world, they finally have. Um, it's just like skin in the game. It's just like people like people say, "What if we made a game with like a crypto token involved? Look how popular games are." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, true," but go and try and make a successful game. It's very hard. Yeah. Like making a successful game is very hard. And a lot of people that have successful games now, they had 20 unsuccessful games first. Yeah. There's a lot of loss of money and a lot of years it took to make a successful one. So yeah, your idea might work, but getting users to use an app in the first place, regardless of the add-on features, is like the, the core the core thing you're trying to sell them on is hard to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. I'm I'm out here still a hundred thousand followers on YouTube. It's not many. It's like nothing, you know? <laughs> so like You only have a hundred thousand. <clears throat> only a hundred thousand on YouTube, it's crazy. Yeah. I got like a hundred and twenty thousand on Twitter, but it's hard to get people to interact. I don't know. I think it's because I talk about smart people stuff. Smart people stuff's harder. Like if I did reaction videos. <laughs> I knew you would say something like that. It's, yeah. It's vintage Richard Hart. <laughs> if, if I were doing reaction videos or keyboard reviews, I'd have more, more followers. Like, so. yeah. But you're currently uh, on a tour through Europe. Yeah, we did uh, Estonia, Riga, uh, Prague, Paris, Liechtenstein, Zurich, uh, you stayed in a, in a hotel Warsaw. in Liechtenstein, where I also uh, yeah. have stayed before. All the rich people go this Very nice, <laughs> nice hotel. Good where you food. have this round yeah. place where you can have yeah. dinner and yeah. have the Africa room. And the, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. The it's food nice, is good. Nice hotel. The lady that like owns it or runs it always stops by. She's like 70. She comes and checks on it. Yeah. You're like, yeah, everything's good. You know, it's cool. I don't know. It's crazy. You know, not too often is like, you know. The hotel manager, man, like super duper owner person. And then, out, like. so, but the, what's the, is there a particular purpose of this tour of Europe or? <clears throat> Not really. Just fun. Meeting they were people. shooting a documentary about me and Hex in Estonia and we didn't have anything to shoot for content on a rainy day. Mm -hmm. 
And I think we can think of is shoot guns and buy a car. So now I got a car and I'm like, oh, well, might as well use it. So grand touring car, grand tour, start driving around. But, you know, as summer comes to an end, I'm thinking don't need the car anymore. Probably <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So you're leaving the car to, uh, I think I'm going to sell party it. as a gift that you, yeah, you wish you... he's pre he's presupposing. I like it. Always be closing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then, and then, so this is the final stop of the trip or no, I'm probably going to go to Hamburg or what's it? Munich, Scandinavian Berlin. country, just slightly North Denmark, Hamburg, Denmark, something like that. Maybe do Sweden. I don't know. I, I don't have it figured out. We're just kind of playing it by ear, you know? Yeah. I have some interesting political ideas for you guys. You want some interesting political ideas? Yeah, sure. Tell us. I don't think you'll be able to use any of these, but <laughs> you might be able to. I don't know. So I think uh, if you want good elected officials, and those elected officials are chosen from a pool of people that are running, if better people run, then you get better electorate. How do you get better people to run? You pay them more. So I think most people that want to be really wealthy, they're not going to go into politics because the pay is bad. It's not good. It also restricts how much fun you can have in your life. You start doing anything spicy, you get blown out, you know? So I think that paying elected officials more would be a way to get better candidates and then you might get uh, better people in yeah, office. You either pay them more or pay them less. Yeah, maybe. Now it's just, it's, it's precisely the wrong intermediate. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because if you pay them less, then you get people who are already... They just care, yeah. yeah. Who are already successful, yeah. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. But this is, this is precisely wrong. Yeah. I agree. Because it, yeah. it, 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 it stimulates kind of career politician. Yep. So then the other problem that you have is, so now you've, you're, even if you have the dumbest voters possible, at least they're more likely to choose someone good because a better quality person is running for office. Yep. Now how... So let's say there are better and worse systems of voting. So in the United States, we use the worst voting system called first past the post, which means that extremists are elected. So whoever gets 51%, they're going to win. So if, it, you know, if 50, elect, democracy is served properly, if 51% vote to gouge out the eyes of the other 49%, obviously a bad idea, but by the rules of democracy, that's what you get. But I don't think that that leads to more extreme voices. I, I, I think it leads to... <coughs> The, the common denominator, the largest common denominator, because mm. everyone moves to the center. This is what we've seen with the Republicans and the Democrats. There's no difference at all between between Bill Clinton, George Bush, Obama. It's all the same. I mean, Trump was different, but then Biden restores it again. No. I think it's just, just it's, it's the same. It's well, one party. I know what you mean. Yes, we have a, a very so with, with non-diverse representation like uh. we have. You have new ideas yeah it's like a free market well this would be an example so proportional representation is an example of getting my more diverse stuff yeah so so what i'm saying is if you instead used a ranked list voting system which we do not use in the united states so if you want to get the least amount of data from a voter you just say give me one name and that's what we get currently but could we get more data from the voter yes we could get a list okay if you can't get this guy who do you want second that guy okay if you can't get him who do you want this guy Yeah. And you get everybody's list and you combine those lists and you can end up with somebody that's not everybody's favorite, but everyone likes enough that you can get consensus behind instead of the guy winning half the people like a lot and half the people hate violently. And then it's very hard to get consensus because he needs to work with other people to get things passed. Like, you know, in Congress, you need two thirds to get things passed sometimes or in the Senate, at least I'm not an expert on these things. But 
So in, in, in governance, you need consensus to make progress. And if you have a voting system, which tends towards choosing extremists over people that are the same. Now, this is one of these things about nuance. What you're saying is true. Most people tend to have the same beliefs. And yes, the, the left and the right are really just like corporate light and corporate strong. There's no labor. There's no green. There's really corporate and corporate in the United States. Those are the only two parties we really have. And they're both doing the same things. They're both blowing up people in Afghanistan. They're both stepping on your rights. They're both doing warrantless wiretaps. Like they're, they're doing almost the same stuff. So I, I get that, but that's, that's not a particular function of the, the system of voting. So I know ranked list is better and there are a lot of countries that use it. They probably use it here. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, <clears throat> what, what, what the danger of that is, is that you get the most boring guy. I don't think you get the most boring. This guy. is what happens in the Netherlands. Really? If you look at our previous prime ministers, they're mm. all among the boring people, mm. the most outstandingly boring person. Mm. Uh, we've had that across the board for, for, for decades. Uh, and um, I think it's typical for, for lots of You might be right. I don't know. So, I mean, I, I would need to look a little bit more into this because... My view is that the only sensible way to speak of democracy is to talk about referendums and direct democracy. Oh, no, no, no. To, to put a single specific question to the people. Like, do you want this or do you want it not? This comes to my third point. So my third, my triumph... I thought we were skipping the third point. We're always going to do the fourth. The first one was, we're going to pay more to get better people running for office. Right. The second was, we're going to use a better voting yes, system to no, choose no, them. I the third one is voting tests. Most people don't deserve to vote. And this one's the exciting one. Yeah. Most people make poor decisions. And actually choosing between, actually choosing who is not only capable, but will do a job better is a very hard skill set. And so, you know, there are, most people shouldn't be voting on who gets to be in charge because they'll make the wrong decision. They vote against their own interests. You But see this the all the time. The thing is that if we would design such a test in mm -hmm. the Netherlands, we would most probably exclude my voters. So the weird thing is that mm. I've, I've come to discover why? this. Why? The higher the people trainer. are educated, the more susceptible they are to propaganda. Mm. It's very weird. It's, it's a very weird paradox that I mm. haven't discovered to, to, to why, it, why it exists. But if people have an academic degree, yeah. they're <clears throat> very likely to believe literally everything that the government and the mainstream media tell them. Yeah. Whereas if they are relatively uneducated, yeah. they're much more likely to think for themselves. So they, yeah. perhaps they won't pass the test that you, I, I don't know exactly what kind of test you, you, would, well, you would design, but it's I don't a typical know. kind of... <laughs> it's super dangerous, right? Right. Like, well, I'm, I'm all for it if I can design the test. Yeah, right. <laughs> that yeah, used to be like, my typical answer. Yeah. But yeah. the weird thing is, and I, I, haven't, the, the, I haven't come around to this, but if people have been following... So can, can we these, go... Do you have an idea of something that just everybody got wrong recently so yeah. we could look into like so the specifics change. of it okay the climate change thing yeah. it's uh or, or covid yeah. it's the same thing um it's uh it seems to be uh, that all all across the world the the elites are in agreement about these two things right that climate change exists that it is dangerous that it is caused by man and that we must reduce carbon dioxide emissions to to fix it right And all, all steps of these are, 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 are ill-informed, yeah. 
irrational, stupid, they're, they're not backed by facts and so on. Uh, the same with corona, the COVID virus, that it's super dangerous, which is not, that the lockdowns work to prevent it from spreading, which they do not, yeah. that vaccines work against it, which they do not, and that QR codes are sort of going to save us from from that, whereas it's the beginning of a mass, mass surveillance system that we've seen in China. And, and, and that all of the elites and all of the yeah. newspaper readers and the highly yeah. educated academic yeah. people, they all go along with these two massive mysticist yeah. ideas. Yeah, it's, it's one of these things where like, if you're young, COVID presents very little risk to you. If you're old, it presents risk. But so do all the other diseases we have out there, like flus and colds and things. Mm. And then <clears throat> the only the counterpoint for the COVID stuff is I see people present like stats from ICU, like who's in who's in the hospital, and then who's in the emergency room, and then who's on a ventilator. And then I haven't had a chance to analyze whether these particular stats are accurate or not. But then they show that like the people that are like if you get the vaccine, then you are less likely to be annihilated and be in the, the ICU or on a ventilator. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. But I know that if you neither get the spike protein from a vaccine or from the virus, that's the best outcome. You're not going to have any side effects. You're not going to have any chance of death at all from that because you never got it. But if you force everyone to be exposed to it, then the people that had risk, they're going to, some of them are going to get bit by it. Like if you, if you, if you're the kind of person that was going to die from COVID or from the jab and you're forced to get the jab, well, then you die. Like it's, it's not, it's not free. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you run into this, like, what is the minimum amount of risk that you have to expose people to in order to get herd immunity? And then the problem is, I don't think that this vaccine gets you herd immunity at all because it's not effective against other variants, in which case yeah. it's not really a vaccine. It's like, uh, and, and herd <coughs> immunity doesn't exist with zoonotic uh, diseases. This is something that's also carried by animals. Right. So you, you're never going to kill the thing. It's yeah. always going to come back, like the flu, like many right. other diseases. Yeah. So the whole thing, but the weird thing is that when I give a speech in parliament about this, and you see all these people with their academic degrees and their lifelong of reading newspapers and being in conversation with ambassadors and yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. And they, 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 they just, just hit them with Israel and be like, yeah, Israel had three vaccines and now yeah. they're on their fourth. But and it, it, like, just, it doesn't get through. <laughs> they had 95% vaccine rate and they're still in lockdown because yeah. it didn't yeah, also, work. Yeah, exactly. Australia, <laughs> they have many examples. Yeah. And it's just terrible. Uh, and the same is yesterday was the news that China has reopened its coal factories. So we, had a, a, we did a little bit of a calculation. In three hours, every three hours... China admits as much carbon dioxide as the Netherlands is trying to save for the coming eight years. Right. Before yeah. 2030, we're going to try to save, <laughs> and this is going to cost us 1,000 billion euros. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. What that is doing. ridiculous. Even if you believe that yeah. we do have a responsibility uh, for the planet right. and we do have to... Yeah. It, this is just the path that we're walking. Yeah. But these people, they are, they are incapable yeah. of, of breaking out of this... Yeah this path that are walking through. And that's particularly very it, obvious math. You're like, here's yeah, a number, here's but, another number. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, but, and, 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 um, but it's tragic. Yeah. It's really, and it's, it's, um, it's probably more, it, there's much more understanding to be found in psychology or mass psychology or sociology than in political science or political philosophy. Because this is really this phenomenon of, of groupthink mm -hmm. that exists 
particularly among the elites, right. is weird. Is did you see the G7? The the opening of the G7, the the, the I didn't. Boris Johnson was the host. It was in Britain, right. and they were doing all this phony greetings with their elbow. Right. You know, like, like, yeah. Oh, COVID, yeah. super dangerous. Yeah. And then five minutes later, yeah. when they thought the cameras were off, yeah. they were like hugging and having a drink and so on. Yeah. What 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 are these people thinking? Yeah. Are they even thinking, or is it just they're just machines? There's robots. I feel kind of bad that I caught a cold because. It could have been something worse. Like I try and have Let's good have hygiene a hug stuff. so I can show on camera that I'm not afraid of the Chinese flu. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wish I wish that all this uh, this stuff worked because I don't like colds or flus. I never have, and I'd be happy if the world were free of them. But even with all the lockdowns, <laughs> still got a cold. So you know, my advice is typically Dutch, but you should have a Heineken. You should just have a Heineken and everything. I never got fixed. into beer. I didn't start drinking until I was 30. And then I just never got into it. Like, it always just tastes weird to me still. Like, beer, alcohol, just... Unless I'm trying to well, feel different. Now you know why you get the flu occasionally. It could be. It could be. So, so as far as crypto and, and government goes, I mean, I think that the rich people get to decide what happens because they get to decide what ads get shown. And the ads that get shown gets to choose who gets elected. It's really that easy. At least in the United States. The United States, whoever has the biggest marketing budget wins the election, usually. Trump was an, an exception because it gave him so much free press for being what was considered outrageous, um, which I, you might be able to use as well. Because if you need free press, you just need to do, I mean, it's, it's like the Virgin Atlantic, or the Virgin Galactic, whatever the dude is. The Virgin dude that's founded that company. Richard Branson? That guy, yeah. yeah. He used outrage to get free press. You know, he's going to go around the world in a balloon. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. It works. People will give free press to the stupidest things. I mean, in the UK, they'll give press to anything. You see him like, uh, Tom Cruise lands his helicopter in some lady's yard. News. Some guy orders a curry. News. You're like, wow, I hate these things. So why don't you do those things? Well, I probably will do this, right? Like, I'm spending, I got a couple million dollars of watches. I'm, like, just blowing money left and right. Uh, I probably will do those things because I mean, it's either that or you can either, you can get more free press by doing outrageous things or you can get less paid press by just paying sucks. You know, like they should cover you for free, but then you gotta, you gotta pay them. It's a little gross in my opinion, but whatever, uh, whatever, whatever it takes to on-ramp new users, you know, cause if you want to make the world, people got to hear the message. And if they're not hearing it, you got to keep rotating your, uh, your tactics until they do. And they were doing pretty good. I mean, uh, so far we're the world's best performing asset to have ever existed on roughly only a quarter million people, maybe, maybe a third of a million people. So if you look at these numbers tend to go up exponentially, they're not linear. So as we add more users, we add another third of a million people. It should be really, really chart breaking. You saw the Jaws movie where it was like, we need a bigger boat. Basically with hacks, we need a bigger chart. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's really i designed something and then that's it worked quite, that's quite trumpian to say you're you're rather <clears throat> trumpian in your <laughs> hey it works you know poor trump though if he would have just taken the money his dad gave him and stuck in the s&p 500 he would have made more than doing all that work <laughs> but he didn't build buildings like he does he just like he just hands his name out to other people to build the buildings he's more of a brand than he is he should have commuted the sentences of several people and he didn't sure and he should have um uh, for example, Russ Ulbricht, and he also he should have um, he should really have interfere, interfered with the election counting because 
there were so many options for him to do a recount and, and to check things, and he didn't. You know, it's weird. He no longer exists. They deleted him. I haven't seen anything from him in a long time. Social media removed him. A president. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. A president. He they does. can do that to the president. They can do it to anybody. So if you, that's why I believe that these publicly, I believe that these utilities should be regulated as utilities. So on the one yeah, hand, me you, too. I yeah, agree. that's it. I mean, absolutely. These are more important to people's lives than the telephone ever was. They're public services yes. rather than private yep. things. So allow data portability, allow a base layer that people can value add onto, just like DSL. When DSL yeah. came out, that's how it got spread when they broke up mobile and stuff. So like, we need that in social media because it's only getting worse. If you talk about uh, the C word, why don't I say actually? Why don't I say the word? YouTube would penalize me. Which, what's the C word? COVID. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. They it's literally have a filter. <laughs> yes. They I have a filter. Conservatism, <laughs> conspiracy. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Yes. That, you can talk about the other things. They won't ban you. But if you talk about this thing, they'll, they'll yeah. penalize you. Yeah. And so how many, I mean. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been, videos of mine have been removed. <clears throat> how are you going to have public discourse and, and a political Innovation, debate? progress. Yeah. If you can't speak about things. And who are these scumbags to censor me? These maggots to censor me? Like, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm the best person in my industry. I raised $27 million for charity. I designed the world's best performing asset with 100% uptime since launch. For some, somebody in some far off place to censor my speech is disgusting. So it's... But you, you live in California, don't you? Nobody knows where I live. It's like a secret. Uh. I'm like a double agent, secret agent. Double a seven guy. I don't well, know. because I thought if you live in California, then you might run into those people occasionally. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, and I, speak I, to them. I look because forward have to it. Have you ever met Mark Zuckerberg, for example, or no, or Eric no. Schmidt, or any of that? I don't even know if Eric Schmidt works for Google anymore. I think he quit. Or Jack I have to Dorsey, look it up. Jack, what's his name? Jack, Jack Dorsey, Dorsey runs Twitter. Yeah, he's a he's a Bitcoin guy. He's like he's on yeah. Team Crypto. That's what I mean. Is like once you get guys to buy in they're going to support their investment. So Jack Dorsey bought a lot of Bitcoin. Now there's going to be Bitcoin tipping and, yeah. you know, great. And then if, if you can get the political class to buy in, which they should, you guys like money, you like money, you should buy some of this stuff. Then these things will, this particular issue of crypto will just get solved on its own. Like they'll do the right thing for crypto once they own enough of it. Um, and if they don't, well, here's the funny thing. As, so you've seen El Salvador support it as a payment method, like it's currency in their country now. And then as you see other countries tend to do that, you, you could get to a point where the rest of the world just figures out like, yep, we, you have to play catch up now because they, they adopted it. It's working better over there, you know? But it will make <laughs> the government less powerful. I'm not sure about that Because part. the country will be richer, that's what you mean. Well, you know, the government has other ways of extracting resources. So, like, in general, successful business in the United States made it the, the hegemon, like the, the largest political actor, the largest military actor. So the United States was able to do that because of the effectiveness of its, its business infrastructure. And so if a country becomes more powerful economically through any industry, whether it be cryptocurrency, blockchain, et cetera, then that does eventually boil down into a more, a more powerful government. It does. The, the concept of a less powerful government is like, unless you have a revolution, I don't, 
I can't really think of a government that has become less powerful. I mean, right now we've lost so many rights that we used to have. We used to have, you know, if you read somebody's mail, it's a federal crime. But now everybody reads your mail. Gmail reads your mail. The ISP reads your mail. There's ads based on your mail. Well, what happened? I thought this was a federal crime. Nope. And then you had the right against unlawful search and seizure, which was your Fourth Amendment right. But in the EU, there's literally a law called the Data Retentions Act that keeps a copy of every single SMS and email that you send for years to fuck you up later when they want. So they don't know when they need it, but when they do come to fuck you up, there's a copy there by law. Well, what happened to like unlawful search and seizure? So you're pre, pre-seizing my shit for later to fuck me up? Is that what's going on here? Yes, that's what's going on. So we lost, we lost our Fourth Amendment rights. You know, now with COVID, we've lost our right to association. So when I have a meetup and I want to, you know, invite some hexagons, show us your papers. That's where we're at. We're, yep. and, and then you have to have government permission. And then a lot of these places, the, the idea that you have the superior health class, which is no spike protein whatsoever, which is like a test that shows you're negative, isn't as good as the fake one, which is the, the, the jab right? The vaccine, which you could still be a carrier. You could be carrying Delta all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, but that one you get a lot of credit for. So the stupid one that's less powerful, you get more credit for, but the, the best one you don't get much credit for. Yeah. And then here, like we got, we got a test here that was good for travel, but not good for getting into restaurants. What is this shit? Why would you give me that one? Stupid nurse. Like <laughs> I want to go to the fucking restaurant. So, <clears throat> well, <laughs> it's so, a great pleasure talking to you. Yeah, my pleasure. I hope next time you're in the Netherlands, we'll have another sit down. Yep, sounds good. And um, yeah, good luck with everything. Good luck, man. You're the first person I've ever met to start their own political party. <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> I wish Don't you try luck. it at home. <laughs> All right.